A Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Hello, Nat. Hello. Happy birthday. Uh, Well, it is today, but if you're listening to this, it's not. But thank you. It's in the past. We've got a wonderful guest today and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Um, She's sitting there very patiently. I love the way we make our guests do that. Oh, there she is. There she is. (laughs) Wait a second. She exists. The reason that I... um, tried to get our guest today is because classic, I was in a doctor's surgery a few months ago and a new idea was sitting next to me. I picked it up and flicked through it and it was the first time I was ever introduced to our guest. And I was like, maybe the guest should reveal herself. She's changed my life. (laughs) Please guest, introduce yourself. Hi everyone. I am Canna Campbell from Sugar Mama TV. I love it. Now, so (laughs) tell us what your credentials are, Canna Campbell. So I'm actually a financial planner, but I make finance fun and I need fashionable. That. I need that. I can't wait to talk to you today because... <laughs> well, this is what I loved about it, yes. right? Because as, when we started doing the Wellness Collective, I said to you, we have to do financial wellness yes. because finances are just such an enormous part of our lives. And for many of us, we we don't really know what we're doing with it. No. Tell us, how did you get into this and what goes on at Sugar Mama TV? Well, so I've been running my own practice, SAS Financial, for like, I think, ooh, 17 years or something, I've seen. Oh, um, you were like 12 you when cannot, you started. Yeah, no, you sorry, sorry, it must be, no, I'm trying to think. Okay. No, you I've can. been in I'm the just... industry 17 years, <laughs> sorry. I started and I'm like, whoa. Um, <laughs> uh, but I've actually been running my practice since I was 28, so like, yeah, 27, 20, 26, I started my first bit, my own business. Amazing. So, yeah, I've been doing this for a really long time, so long that I've forgotten how to count. Um, <laughs> so, because it just feels like it was the other day because I have so much fun. Giving all your numbers to everyone else. Exactly, yeah. Um, and I'm really passionate about financial wellness. And um, it's the one part of our lives where we actually have so much more control than we realize. And when we can take away just one stress, our, our lives are just so much easier and freer. And we can focus on the things that really make us happy and we get time back and you know, we can remove distractions and we have so much more choice and that's a huge luxury in this day and age. Oh, I so badly want to keep this conversation going. We might be here all day. Um, I have to laugh though. Can we tell the story about what you put on social media, Cecilia, about the book? Go on. Go. So I got your book from the library and I was really Mm -hmm. proud of myself because I was like, right, I've saved myself the price of buying the book and I'm going to put it in my $1,000 project. This is your new book. It's just called Mm. The $1,000 Project. We'll talk about it for a little while. And of course, Nat Kringudis is over there. She's just written a book and she's out there telling everyone to buy it. She's like, you can't tell an author you got it from the library. Of course you can. I love it. I do a little like happy dance when someone tells me they got it from the library because you're saving money. And look, you can get the e-book, which I believe is $14.95. So you already, you know, and that means you can have a, you're not damaging the environment and you can have it close by at any time if you need a refresher. So the $1,000 project was the introduction for me to you. But since then, I've I've looked at some of your videos and some of the stuff that you've published and I'm just like, ah, I just want to bottle you because you're amazing. But what you talk about in this book is that you just actually have to think about where you're spending your money because when you start thinking about it, you don't waste it which in a nutshell, and and as soon as you start saving your pennies, the pounds follow, as your grandma mm. used to say. Is yeah. that right? <laughs> That's right. 
Well, um, that makes sense to me. But what I love is you have um, this whole idea about financial wellness and being mindful. So talk us through, why did you even start the $1,000 project? Well, there was two main reasons behind it. Um, one was I didn't want people to think, put self-limiting um, um, assumptions on themselves. So many times I would come across people that say, I can't afford to invest. I only earn like X amount of dollars per year or I can't, I can never get out of debt because I don't earn enough. And I just was found that so, that mentality so frustrating because I was like, okay, you work nine to five and that's what you do. But you, there are things you can do outside of your job to bring in extra money and you could learn to be a little bit more savvy and get better control with your cash flow and actually save some money. So I, I wanted to, to prove to people that they were wrong having this approach and that you could actually achieve a lot. And then my second reason for starting the $1,000 project was because I wanted to educate people about investing, building up long-term passive income streams because that's the true definition of financial freedom. When you have enough passive income coming in that covers your living expenses, you, are, you don't have to work unless you want to. And passive income is essentially money that you earn whilst you sleep at night. It's your money working for you, such as receiving rent from an investment property, receiving interest off a bank account, dividends from shares or funds. Um, and it, I wanted people to realise if you could just build that, it takes the stress and pressure off yourself and it's, it's not rocket science. It is so easy. So the thing was, I was like, how am I going to prove people? I thought the best way to do it is to, to march the beat of my own drum and lead by example. And I literally started from fresh. I went, okay, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to get out there and I'm going to save. I'm going to hustle. I'm not going to take a dollar from my salary or a dollar from my savings. And I'm going to prove to people that you can do this. And, you know, I put it on my YouTube channel, Sugar Mama TV, and I was blown away. People around the world were like messaging me and saying, we just paid for IVF or I just paid for my wedding doing the $1,000 project. And, you know, I just, um, you know, gave my son some money just, you know, to go to college. Like I was just, it was amazed. And people, you know, didn't necessarily have to do a $1,000 project. They did like a $500 project or one person was even doing a $10,000 project. Wow, but that's good. It, it People started to say like, wow, actually I'm getting control of my money. I know where it goes. And, you know, all these cool little businesses actually um, sprouted off doing the thousand dollar projects, people started to think about, well, actually, like I, I've got a few hours at night time. I can I could do some contracting work or freelancing work. I've actually, you know, got this little business that I've been working on where I make things or I sell things or side hustles are great. Side hustles, yeah. yeah. And 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 I did all these things myself and every single dollar I saved or earned, I documented in my blog and um and put it out there and, and people can see every single dollar what I did. And this, over the space of 12 months, I saved and invested $32,000. And then I had a little mini break and actually missed doing the $1,000 project. Really? It gives you this amazing sense of progress and you feel like you're growing and like it was mind-blowing. I really missed it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do round two. Round two went for 13 months and I saved and invested $36,000. Wow. And I'm just about to finish um, round three. And how's wow. round three looking? 
Round three's got a really interesting story to it, which I cannot share okay, yet. Okay, all right. But we'll it's, um, it's, got, it's got, you know, it's a, a very special element to it. I think, though, that what you've done there is what my mum used to teach me, that if you have a goal, then saving money and being mindful about what you're spending your money on is not difficult. Like, mm. I think if we just flip-flop through the day and we're like, oh, I'll just buy a coffee and then I might, oh, I'm hungry in the afternoon, so I didn't really eat lunch, so oh, I'll just get a sandwich. Well, that's $9.00. By the time yeah. you get home, you've spent $17 on food that you probably didn't need to buy. Mm. Um, where if you had been a bit organised, you could have taken lunch to work, stuff like that. Yeah. $17 yeah. is a lot of money, you know? Well, if you do that, like, call it 20 uh, for simplicity on a, you know, it's, it's $100 a week just on food. And, like, I'm a normal, everyday Sydney girl. Like, I'm, I'm honestly very, very straightforward and transparent, but I, I like nice things. Like I, I, I'm interested in fashion. Uh Um, you know, I take care of my health. I go to the gym. Like I'm just a a normal everyday regular Sydney girl, but it's when you have a goal and you put your mind to it, but you can, you know, and you work towards it. That's the important thing is having a goal, but it also it's about having balance in your life. Like I'm not going to tell you, you have to walk to work and you're not allowed to buy lunch (laughs) and you must stay, spend your weekends at home like a hermit. No, it's about balance. Like, okay, take your lunch to work three days and then go and buy it on the other days or, you know, um, go out with your friends, you know, on the weekend, but have one day with a week where you just hang out at home, like take control and just like get balance back. Um, and you know, maybe you don't buy a new outfit every weekend. You, you buy one every month or like, it's just about getting control back in your life because when you have a goal that really excites you and you're really passionate and really connected to it, you start to kind of go, you know what, I'm going to go without that. I'm going to say no to that event or I'm going to say no to that, like buying that item because it means I'm one step closer to paying off my credit card or I'm one step up to um, having that holiday account um, with the right amount of money in there. Mm. Like you start to get perspective in and you go, actually that expense or that purchase doesn't spark, as, you know, Marie Kondo says, joy in my life. Like, <laughs> And you just, you kind of, it's a huge breakthrough and a huge amount of personal growth that comes from it. Marie Kondo has come along at just the right time, no, hasn't right. she, with her Netflix? <laughs> How long have I wanted to interview her for? You I've been have. talking about her for a couple of years. You do realise I feel that, like we've missed the boat. Well, her English is not <laughs> I that know. great. So now I know this because I watched the show. Not a great Can idea. Can I ask a question? What do you think, Hannah, is the biggest mistake people make when it comes to finding, saving and doing, you know, spending their money in the right place? Is there one common thing that you see? Yes. I see this all the time. I simply they don't have a goal. They're just drifting and they drift and then they come up with excuses. But the moment you sit down with someone and, and help them work out a goal, like you just, you see it physically in their face. Mm-hmm. Like, and they, they, start, they start getting a little inkling of actually how capable they are. And from there, it snowballs and compounds and you, you like, it's just incredible to watch. And from there, they, you know, achieve that goal and, and then they go to another one and a bigger one and stretch themselves. And it's, 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 brilliant and I've received so many emails from people sharing with me what they've done but you've got to have a goal and just like we have weight goals, fitness goals, Mm. career goals, a lot of people forget to set financial goals and look I'm not saying like have a goal to be a millionaire, no like do something that resonates within you. So whether that be to be have no credit card debt, whether that be a goal to have $5,000 in emergency money, whether that be a goal to make sure that you'll always have enough retirement money. Like it, it doesn't have to be an aggressive, ambitious, like 
alpha female goal. Like it, mm-hmm. it's it, it's about just creating a sense of, of um, financial freedom and in your control. Life. Do you think it's a bit of that? Because it, yes. once you've got that, if you've got that $5,000 in the bank, you know you're okay if your car breaks down or if you need new tyres or if you need exactly. a root canal or you're not in that situation where you're like, oh, I haven't got the money and the stress and the anxiety and huge. all of the, the other things that happen in your life when you find yourself in that situation. And financial stress, I think, is incredibly toxic because it leaks into our relationships. You know, how many couples fight about money or, you know, you can destroy families. Um, it, it leaks into our, like, physical health, our mental health. It impacts our careers. So many people have to stay in a job that they don't really like just because it pays the bill, but really they'd love to go back to university or study or go part-time or launch their own business. Like, it really does infiltrate. But if you can just have that little bit of control, you actually have options, and that is very, really liberating. We need to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk a little bit more with you. We are here chatting with Kanna Campbell and I'm loving this because, I mean, I can so resonate when it comes to somebody's health and Mm. what you're talking about and we're just translating a lot of that into other areas and especially financial, um, you know, security and and freedom really is something that I'm not great at, I'll admit that. (laughs) But I wanted to touch on, you just mentioned that the one thing that people have in common that, that find this very difficult is that they don't have a goal. And what's really interesting, I wonder... Do we set our goals too high and then we don't achieve them? And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the $1,000 project is more about these micro goals. And once Mm. you get the micro goals under your belt, then you can kind of go, right, what's next? And that's what you've been doing, I'm assuming, with each of your goals is each time you see the potential or the possibility of what you can achieve, you can take it bigger and bigger and bigger. Absolutely. You said it perfectly. That's the key. All my goals in my life have always broken down into mini manageable and therefore achievable. And and when they feel achievable, you're more likely to give it a really good go. If I said to myself, when I first came up with a thousand dollar project, go and save $32,000, I wouldn't even like, I would last probably (laughs) a month or two and then I'd give Mm. up and go, it's too hard basket. But I didn't. I said to myself, you know what? Stuff the big picture for a moment. Um, Just focus on $1,000. Can I can I find a way to come up with $1,000? Are there things that I know I can do, even if it's 10 different things for $100 that will come up with $1,000? I was like, At, well, yeah, I, I think I probably could. So I was like, okay, great. Just repeat that process as many times as possible. And that's all I did. I, I never really worried about what, you know, the big goal was. I just focused on what I could do right then and there. And I just got on and did it. Some of and the things that you did for those $100, because I was just thinking oh, people yeah. that might not have read it. <laughs> like, mm. I love the fact that you just got in there and were like, right, I'm going to make some extra money. I'm not going to think about it. I'm going to... So you sold some like clothes and stuff that you didn't want anymore. Good yeah. old Facebook marketplace is mm. good for that, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. High end is, is my hot tip. High end, okay. Um, also could be dangerous because it is tempting. You buy ah, stuff, yeah. Great bargains there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> told you I'm a normal girl that likes nice things. you got to be focused, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, look, I did so many things. I enrolled with market research companies. Oh, um, I did that the other day. Off the back oh, of your sorry. book. <laughs> I tested an, a really cool app the other day and it took like literally 35 minutes in the city and mm-hmm. I was paid $100 cash. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So good. So market research, app testing, um, 
Air, like you can list your skills on Airtasker. It's funny. I used to think Airtasker was like for handymen um, you know, and people who wanted to build Ikea furniture. Uh, <laughs> no. There are people you can put, like you can look, find data entry work that you can do online sitting on your sofa um, for people. You can do lots of freelancing work, like w- w- website design, logo design, um, proofreading, dictation. Like there's there's so many things you can do at, in your privacy of your own home and pick and choose when you want. Um, I occasionally rented my house out on Airbnb when I knew I was going to be away. Yeah, that's massive um, though, doing that, that. that. That's a big commitment. It, You know what though, it, um, the way I looked at it as well, I'm away for the, the night or the weekend. It's, you know, $300 that, that mm. you know, I don't physically have to do anything for it. So um, I was quite happy and a friend at the time just wanted to do the same thing. So we would actually tag team. So, uh, you know, I could stay at their place, they could stay at mine. So it worked really well. Um, I just, I did so many different things. Like it was, I, like I talked, went and spoke about washing powders. I worked on the weekend. <laughs> I took on extra jobs um, that I would normally not be able to do, but I say, you know what, I will take on an extra job because I'll be able to get a bonus or, and I will, I'll work all day on the week, on my Sundays when my son's with his father. So, you know, I, I, I worked my backside off, but it was, it was so worth it. I'm so proud of what I've achieved. And um, all that money, every time I had a thousand dollars, I invested it. And all that passive income that I earned from building up that share portfolio, I got to, to give to charity and charities that meant something to me. So I was also showing people that being financially free isn't about being wealthy and like swimming in lots of cash, but it's also about giving back mm. and the the emotional wellness that comes from giving back to something that's really important to you. I think though, there's so many layers of of goodness coming from this this one kind of project that you set yourself. I mean, you've got you've taken control of of the fact that you've got this money now that's your asset and you created the passive income. You've mm. instead of sitting on the couch going, oh, maybe I could sell that stuff that's in my cupboard. You actually got off the couch and did it, which yes. in itself, like I don't know, I have a list of things like that at home where I think if I can tick those off the list, I feel so much better. Oh. So you're feeling good about those things. Mm. Then you've got you know. What you can show for it, and I just think you know it's just layer upon layer of of goodness. There's nothing bad about this, and I think you just need that moment where you go, "Wow, if they can do it, I can do it," and off you're off. Exactly, and it's it's as you start, you start going, "Wow, I've got this. I'm actually doing this. This mm. is," uh, and it's, it's it's addictive, and that's why I've done this year after year because it, it's so empowering and it's so great for your sense of self worth and self confidence. And just on touching on that, um, you know, Marie Kondo, uh, the, you know, this really led me into an amazing path of minimalism because I, I decluttered my home. I got rid of a whole pile of excess stuff that was just distracting, exhausting, and I got cash for it. I didn't contribute to landfill. Mm. Um, and do it, in doing that, I now shop so much more mindfully. Like if I'm going to spend my hard-earned money on something, it's going to be something that means something to me. And, you know, it meant cleaning my home was a lot faster. I didn't lose things. I could find things quickly. Keeping things organised was so much better. Like it, it had, you know, a, a, a flow-on effect um, in, in, you know, get, selling my stuff. So the $1,000 project helped me emotionally in so many ways myself. I think too also we've become, a lot of us, very um, flippant about things. And even, mm. like you say, about catching up with friends. If you invite people to your house and you make a meal for them, the experience of that 
is mm. is usually much more intimate and fun and memorable than if you go to a noisy restaurant. And let's face it, every restaurant these days has bad acoustics and you can't hear if you're stuck <laughs> at one end of the table. It yeah. can be nice, but also when you have children, it's easier to just let them go and play in their room whilst you're having yes. some adult well, conversation. This is what we did. Like I'd have, instead of going to a, a restaurant and, you know, spending all this money and I'd, I'd say to my girlfriends, bring your kids. Um, you bring a salad, you bring a bottle mm. of wine, I'm going to order pizzas. And our kids were like, I had a blow, like I think a $25 blow up shark <laughs> swimming pool. The kids were just bouncing around, like going, that's, you know, we were able to just relax, have a glass of wine together, no babysitters. And I think the night cost like, I think me $50 and, mm. you know, yeah. and, you know, $30 each for someone, everyone else. Like it was, and you know what? I had people in my home and that's, you can be as loud as you want. You yep. can knock things over, make a mess. It's fine. Um, and the kids wore each other out. It was, and it, it brought a sense of community. And I would much prefer both me and my partner. We love having people back mm. to our house um, and, and, and entertaining because it's just so much more intimate and personal. And it's where, when we have connections with people, it helps relieve anxiety, you know, that sense of loneliness. Yes. Like it, it just, it's so important. And, you know, with social media and technology, like we're on our phones all the time looking at a screen, we can lose that sense of connection. So the $1,000 project has helped me um, from an emotional perspective hugely as well. I think, yeah, I think that bit's fantastic about it. Hey, can I ask you, <laughs> how do you cope being a young, attractive female in a world that, most people would associate with fat, middle-aged men in suits. <laughs> <laughs> you should see what I look like in the morning when I wake up. You don't look like a fat, middle-aged man in a suit, I reckon. <laughs> I do look, can look pretty horrendous. Oh, we um, all can. Don't worry about that. It's it's look. I don't really care what anyone thinks. I just get on and do it. I, I, I know, but it, I, but you are up against it, aren't you? Because it is a male-y, uh, male-y, a predominantly male-driven industry, I imagine. It is. Um, it's slowly changing. And I look, I remember when I first got into this industry when I was, I think, 20 or 21, and I remember going to a conference and and all these men were like, so whose PA are you? <laughs> I was like, no. No, I'm actually studying and I'm going to be a financial planner soon. And like, So um, at the end of the day, I, I, I think women are actually really good at managing money. And I, I'm probably going to get in trouble with this, but I actually think women are, are slightly better yeah, because too. they... When I speak to clients, husband and wives, and I say, what is, you know, your, your, I go through the budget or what the cost of living is. The husband has no idea what the cost of living is. And the, the female can say, well, this is this and this is this and this is how much we budget this per week for that. Like they, they seem to just know it all and they, I think they have a greater sense of intuition with money and they, for energy of a female is very protective of the, of the well-being of the family as a yep. unit. So, um, and look, that's a massive sweeping generalisation. It can go the other way, but... Um, I, I think women hold so much more power than we realise. And when you learn to use that power um, in the right type of way, you just get on and, and stuff happens and, and you break through ceilings and preconceived ideas. And, you know, I, I'm not afraid of males. I, I actually um, got a bit starstruck the day. I work for Channel 9 sometimes and I saw Ross Greenwood and oh. I've been watching <laughs> Ross Greenwood like ever since I was like, I think like six. 17 or 18. You've got like a, a financial planner crush on the old Yeah, guy. I do. I do. And I like went up and had like a chat to him and I said, you know, what a huge influence and inspiration he's been. And yeah, and I, I just don't care. I don't care what if people are going to have this idea that, you know, it's a male industry and it should be an older male giving advice because at the end of the day, I'm living the values. I'm living, I'm also proof. Like 
I have a partner now, but I was a single mother. Um, you know, I've been divorced twice um, and I am completely financially independent. And um, so at the end of the day, like the proof is in the pudding, you know. The best what thing I you do. can do is lead by example, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're terribly inspiring for lots of young yes, women, I'm sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a couple of these quick fire questions here, Cecilia. Yep, I like go on. Look at them. Yep. Should, we, should we get through a few of those before we have to say goodbye? Yep. These are just some of your most frequently asked questions that we thought we mm-hmm. might just touch on. You don't have to go into too much depth, though, I suppose. So, first up, should we use savings to pay off credit cards or student debts? Absolutely. It does not make sense. If you've got $10,000 in credit card debt and, uh, you know, you're paying, say, 15% interest, why would you spend $1,500 a year in interest where that $10,000 in savings is going to probably earn you 2.5%, which is Nothing. $250. Not even that. 2% of this. Yeah. So that does not make sense. And also you've got to pay tax on the interest you earned off your um, savings account. So, no, get rid of the credit card debt. Go go hammer and tong, do the $1,000 project to pay off that credit card debt. The moment you are debt-free, build up some emergency money so that you never get into credit card debt again and learn to live off cash or get an ATM card or get a credit card with a very low limit. So if that ever happens again, it's quarantined and you can quickly pay it off again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, how can you build wealth, like you say, for investing and pay off your debt at the same time? Another great question. I actually say simplicity is best. So I'd say pay the the debt off before you start investing. Same principle, you're going to be paying 15% interest um, with your after-tax dollars and then you're going to be earning, say, 5%, 6%, say, from your investing. Mm. No, no. When I talk about building wealth, I use the analogy of building a house. You want a rock-solid house so that when... And this will happen when a storm comes through, no matter what type of storm, your house is well intact. Sure, there might be a little bit of damage, but the damage is not too expensive and it can be quickly and easily fixed. So you want to build a house on a rock solid foundation and that means no credit card debt. So you must pay that credit card debt off first before you go down the path of of building uh, an investment portfolio. And even though I sound like, you know, it's uh, that can be frustrating for, for some people because they're like, I'm so excited about investing. I just want to get into <laughs> it. But you're telling me I've got to wait until I pay off this credit card debt. I promise you this is actually a blessing in disguise because the strategy and the tricks and the tips you will learn from quickly paying off that credit card debt, you can then use to then build up your investment portfolio really quickly because you'll learn how to save money. You'll learn how to stick to a budget. You'll learn how to hustle some extra money because you've used all those things to get out of debt. And now you can use all of those things to carry forward and start building wealth. And once you're out of that debt, because you're no longer paying interest and um, also your, your mental headspace clears so much once you've made that last final payment to that credit card and cancelled it, Uh, you use all that energy now to something that's so much more productive. And as you see it grow and as you see it build and you understand it and you get your aha moments when you start getting your first Mm -hmm. interest, you know, deposit or your first dividends or your, you know, your first rental deposit, you get it and you feel this massive injection to keep going and do it again. So it's actually a blessing in disguise. I'm, I don't want to be the fun police, but you <laughs> must pay off that credit card debt. And it also impacts your ability to borrow. It impacts your credit rating. Of course, yeah, you know, credit rating. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And people really sort of have this casual approach to, to credit card debt. Okay, next question. Do we need personal insurance? Yes, yes, yes. There are four types of insurance. I'll go from the most important um, to the fourth most important. <laughs> um, number one 
everyone should have income protection. Income protection is if you cannot work due to a medical reason, uh, whether it be an accident or an illness, an insurance company will pay you 75% of your income until you can go back to work. Now, people might say, well, it's fine. I've got family. uh, I've got some annual leave or sick leave accumulated. That's fine, but that's only going to last a certain amount of time. What happens if you're that sick that you have to take five or six years off work or you can never go back to work? Um, this is what you pay for. It's the premiums are tax deductible. Some employers, because they see the importance of it, will actually pay for it as part of your contract as well. Um, so that's really important. But it means that you are never a financial burden to someone and you're always, you have the opportunity to still try and achieve some of your financial goals. Um, it is so important. I've had income protection, I think, from age 23. Um, I have it owned and paid for via my super and I never. I, I know that no matter what happens, I can still put food on the table for my family, keep a roof above my head for my family and I'm not going to be a financial drain. So that is that is my number one tip. Second is... Before you tw- move on, mm-hmm. um, that's interesting that you've got it through your superannuation because I think a lot of people do have it through their superannuation, maybe mm. all. I'm not sure if it's legislated that everyone has to have it, but... No, it's not. Uh, some people don't know that they've got it through that because I remember having that conversation with someone. I was like, yeah, yeah, mine's through my super. And they were like, what? No, that can't be right. And I said, you should investigate that yeah. because if it's already there, you know, you don't have to do much to sort of top it up if that's what you need to do. Exactly. I mean, you should you should know what insurance you've got in place. And also just one other little tip, um, some people who discover they've got insurance through their super, uh, particularly income protection, make sure you're covered to age 65. Right. Not just two years, because sometimes the policies within super are only two-year benefit period. You want to be covered to age, age 65. Oh, you know Excellent. some stuff. Sorry, I, I took you off the second type of insurance. Okay. <laughs> What's um, the next one? Next one is trauma cover. So uh, that basically pays for any sort of major medical trauma. So if I was to be diagnosed with cancer, suffer a stroke, a heart attack, something like that, or a major accident. And it, it was actually invented by a heart surgeon um, and he saw that his clients or patients, I should say, were so stressed financially when they left to the hospital because they'd been out of work for like a month. Um, they had all these new medical bills. They had rehabilitation expenses. They needed to adjust their lifestyle for recovery. And he, he was like, oh my gosh, these patients are actually going back home more stressed than what they came in with these heart attacks. So he actually created this thing called trauma insurance. So it pays a lump sum tax-free and it's your money. You can use that to go on a holiday. You can use it to pay off your your mortgage, but um, it's to help clear, I guess, help you afford to be able to adjust your lifestyle so that you can get back on track. And again, I've had this policy, I think, until since age 23. um, And it means that especially with medical technology these days, you can suffer a stroke and be back at work within three weeks. Mm. A lot of people who are, you know, going through cancer treatment want to keep working because it's a great distraction. It helps them progress on with their own other things. things. So in that situation, if someone didn't have trauma cover, well, they've still got all these bills and the stress, but at least that money, if you have trauma cover comes in, you've got that money to to choose as as you wish. And I cannot tell you how comforting it is knowing whatever happens to me, my family who are my number one, are protected. So, And then the last two insurance policies, which I'll group together, um, are life cover and TPD cover. So total and permanent disablement. The, most people can have this through their superannuation. But, you know, if you have a young family or if you have a mortgage, these are the types of policies you you must have in place. Um, because if something, again, happens to you, whether you, know, you become paralyzed or disabled or something was to happen to you from a, a very serious medical perspective, you, again, you leave a, a, 
a healthy situation to pass on to other people. You're not passing on, you know, toxic debt to your family. Mm, so really toxic important. Toxic debt, not what you want. Mm. Now, before you leave us, we are so thankful that you came on the Wellness Collective today. Thank you, Kanna. But can you just tell us about your idea of the connection between wealth and self-worth? Well, I've never been asked that. I would because like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I always think that you know, with with Facebook and Instagram and like social media is one of those things where it's like, oh, they've got a shiny new car, and oh, mm, look, they've gone on another holiday, restaurant. and mm. oh, how can they afford to eat out all the time? I actually think there is this element that you know you don't people don't feel wealthy enough because there's the FOMO element mm. with what's going on everywhere else. Do you think this thousand dollar project is a good step to? improve our self-worth when it comes to wealth? Absolutely, because the $1,000 project is about authentic wealth. It's not about putting things on show, flashy money. It's about building real rock-solid financial freedom in your life. Um, It's, I mean, sure, you can use the $1,000 project to pay for luxurious things in your life, but what I'm trying to preach and prove by example is building real, authentic, genuine financial freedom. And it's kind of like a fitness model, um, you know, looking sensational in a bikini on a beach, but really it just happens to have a really fast metabolism and eats McDonald's every day. Like, no, like live the, the true value because when you actually do it properly and you know that you're doing the right things and the right things for you, it starts to feel good and you start to feel like you're standing on your own two feet. You get it and you're you're growing because you're growing intellectually, you're growing financially, you're growing emotionally, you're having a greater sense of awareness, you're having a a greater sense of self-control because you decide how and when you want to spend money, you're making your own decisions again, you have your own goals that you're working and that feeling of, of personal growth makes you feel alive. That's what I'm talking about. And when you're living that, you don't really feel the need to to splash it. Sure, if you if that's what you like, then go for it. But it's um, it's about having one less thing to worry about in your life. Love it. Love that. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do you want to just let our listeners know where they can find you? Absolutely. So my YouTube channel is obviously free. Anyone can watch the videos. I publish two videos a week. Um, every Monday I talk about, it's Money Monday. So I'll talk about like investing, how to get out of credit card debt, how to save for your first property, how to invest um, uh, in different things. Um, I talk about mindset a lot because that is the, the seed to start. Um, and then on Thursdays, I, it's lifestyle love. So I actually branch out um, and I talk about motherhood. I talk about the work life juggle. Um, (laughs) I talk about minimalism. I talk about capsule wardrobe fashion, um, you know, all sorts of different elements that my subscribers will say, can you share this with us or tell us about this? Um, And then I obviously Instagram, um, Sugar Mama TV and uh, my website, Sugar Mama TV. And um, I'm regularly on Channel 9, the Today Show, so can catch me there sometimes it's sort of all over the place at the moment but you also offer um financial um services as well don't you through uh your SAS financial so if someone's I looking do. for more personalized advice to their situation they can actually contact you and and do a consult through Skype or if you're in Sydney then yep. you can do that too you can pop in and see me in my Darlinghurst office and um, I do the Skype consultations with people around the world and I've met some amazing people. But my And my next book is actually coming out in June, July this year, which is really exciting. And that's a really thorough like how-to guide, how to do your finances in a modern-day world with with temptation, um, things, juggling <laughs> things, um, like 
you know, from a working um, single mom's perspective. And Do you know what? I might have to put that one on hold on the library. I think. You can pre- <laughs> you can pre-order it already. Apparently. <laughs> oh my goodness, Kenna Campbell from Sugar Mama TV. Thank you so much for being part of the Wellness Collective today. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of this. Um, I think everything you say just is going to make people's lives yes. a lot happier, healthier, <laughs> and better. Oh, thank you. 